I was listening back to last week's pod and noticed that uh, we just rolled right into it. There was no... Uh, <laughs> Did we? <laughs> yeah. There was Wait, no, like, I'm here, coast to coast, but, like, butter toast, like, blah, blah, blah. There was none of that. No, like, plug for Amazon. And no introducing us as people. Yeah, you're just like, welcome to the Underbeatables. Colson, I heard you got a stupid thing this week. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacer fans. Colson, you got a stupid thing? <laughs> <laughs> Sure, why not? Wait, oh. <laughs> let, me, let me try that again. Okay. I got off script. <laughs> All right. This is 443, right? Sure. <laughs> Seems right. <laughs> Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is... April 5th, 2020, and this is episode 443. This show, we're going to discuss all the mistakes we've made in the past in detail, (laughs) because we got nothing else to do deep into the pandemic, several weeks in here. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out to the bartender. Uh, we didn't get to say shout outs last week, so I didn't get to uh, wish you a happy upcoming birthday. So hope you had a good pandemic birthday. Did you do uh, a Sims party, as I've seen <laughs> other people have been doing? Sims no, it, it, w- it was a little strange. Um, uh, there's uh, although I, I got a lot more like texts and and uh, emails and calls I think than normal because everybody's mm. sitting around checking their Facebook, realizing it's my birthday and they have nothing else to do. <laughs> but it was really nice. It was a nice uh, day. Uh, my parents uh, made me brunch and dinner because you know I live with my parents and we have nothing to do but cook. So it was a nice day. Nice, nice. day. Yeah, it was sunny what about too. Lunch? So. You on your own? What's that <laughs> for lunch? Oh, uh, no. I, I only eat two meals a day, so we're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Brunch supersedes lunch. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. Definitely does. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our aforementioned in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles. The birthday boy, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Wash your hands. You're, you know what? You're now a birthday man. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> From Boise, Idaho, out west in uh, earthquake country. It's our enforcer, John Harper. <laughs> Barely survived. <laughs> There's actually some good news in Pacer Nation this week. Chad Buchanan decided to not jump ship onto the sinking ship of the Bulls because he likes us too much. Oh. So. That's good news. We are better and, than the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'd be thankful for that. Yeah. And of course, congratulations to Tamika Catchings making the mm, Naismith Hall of Fame a huge deal. Shout, shout a doubt. out. So yeah, it was. Uh, uh, there's some other other folks made it in. Uh, Kobe Bryant was elected. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, um, Coach Kim Mulkey of Baylor, uh, women's NCAA champion Baylor. Um, some other college coaches that uh, we're not as familiar with, and uh, 
former Houston Rockets coach Rudy Tomjanovich. Hmm. Shout out. That's right. Shout out. So has Tamika had her um, number retired? At the- oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for good, sure. Good, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, and and actually, if she hadn't already, she now runs the fever, so she could just like dictate that that happens. She's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be awesome. But she's like, she wouldn't do that. So then I know would, like, she never would. get retired. That would be like a weird thing. Um, she's absolutely amazing. There's been a ton of articles uh, in the uh, paper. Uh, about her the last couple of days um, just really one of the greatest uh, not only uh, women's basketball players of all time but just one of the greatest basketball players of all time so a uh, well deserved first ballot um, she's the best shout out shout out quintuple double uh, and before we get too far into the show we just want to remind you that you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon which may be a little bit more than often these days <laughs> even though they may seem a little slower uh, but they got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. It doesn't cost anything extra for you, but uh, if you just click at the link in the show notes or go to theunabeatables.com slash Amazon, uh, any shopping you do, a small percentage goes back to us uh, to help support what we do. Yeah, shout out to Amazon. Uh, my parents and I went through a puzzle in like two days, and I was like, well, we need more puzzles. Um, so I was like, order some puzzles online. And they're like, it'll be there between April 3rd and April 28th. And I was like, oh, great. All right. Fair enough. And it showed up April 3rd. So, oh. shout out. All right. <laughs> yeah, shout out to all the people that are uh, handling the packages, keeping the country alive and uh, not crazy. Less crazy. Yeah, I think puzzles counts as essential, right? Like That's not non-essential. <laughs> I don't know what the definition is anymore, but uh, <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> so she's like, so my wife's uh, friend Kelly, who is awesome, uh, just texted her one day during the pandemic. She's like, "Hey, I got an idea. I got this puzzle. How about I send you half the pieces and I keep half the pieces, <laughs> and then we try to put this puzzle together together." Wow! And then like five minutes go by, and she's like, "Oh wait." I have no idea how to make sure you get the right pieces of the puzzle. <laughs> I was like, you guys should just do it. It would work. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually figure it out. Sure. <laughs> just describing the kind of puzzle piece they need for the yeah the next spot. Mm. I was thinking that you could maybe like put together a bit and just send mm-hmm. back all the single pieces that you have or something like that. Sure. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's some sort of like flat box so that it all stays together no 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 so it would be this so you would assemble say you had like you know whatever you assemble you put together like 10 or 12 pieces over here that you know go together and like yeah. five over here that go together you keep those and then the single ones that you oh. don't know where they go you send the single ones back to and the so other eventually person. you end up with eventually half a puzzle and the other person has the other half yeah it might be kind of model yeah but yeah sure yeah i love this idea this i mean it's i mean what a better way to waste the next two and a half months exactly <laughs> or you could yeah. just do a podcast yeah <laughs> that wastes a lot of time yeah I think everybody has thought of that <laughs> a lot of competition now <laughs> yeah so colson uh Sounds like you got something for us this this week. Um, uh, we're gonna, of course, there's no basketball, so we're gonna take a look to the past. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people just they don't want to look at the future anymore. They want to re-examine uh, their past, and they want to see, you know, where just they're like, where did things go wrong? You know, sure, a lot of self-analysis. Yeah, this is this is the looking in the mirror episode. It's yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of drinking in the dark sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you got for us? <laughs> um, so I've been uh, speaking of podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of them recently, and uh, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons' Book of Basketball podcast. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, subscribe to that, but it's a great listen. Um, if you're a basketball junkie, which you likely are, since you're listening to this pod, you need to have read the Book of Basketball, which was written by Bill Simmons. I think whatever 10 15 years ago uh he decided to not write a sequel but to do a podcast uh 
to kind of update everything, and it's it's a really good listen. So, uh, but what he's done is he's going back and redrafting the entire uh, NBA every year. Um, so the best players, of course, would you know go in order as opposed to the crapshoot that it normally is. And it got me thinking that maybe we could do that just for the Pacers um, and just go to the pick that the Pacers had, where we had it, not redraft, not scramble everything up, but in kind of a real-world time and space, um, pick the Pacer that would be best for us with hindsight, right? And then kind of go through history and see how that feels with you guys. Um, I was just thinking about this. I feel like uh, Pacers draft history, at least the way we think about it, is often discussed uh, in the light of the players that fell to us, like Danny Granger at 17, PG at 10, uh, Miles Turner at 11. Um, but the thing is, is we took those players, right? I mean, we, we, we had you know, other teams have passed on them and we picked them at that spot. We've been actually been really good as, as a drafting team in general. Um, and I, I want to start um, this discussion not from 77 or whatever. Um, I want to start it from when Donnie Walsh takes over uh, in 1986. Um, and it's kind of hard to poke holes in a lot of his picks. Um, but the misses, I think, cost us championships. So I think we should talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So um, the way I've kind of done it is I've gone through <clears throat> and I've and, and you guys can stop me if I if you think I'm wrong here, but I've gone through and looked at these players, and if if there's a, a pick that doesn't seem to have um, an all-star or somebody that was a, a franchise changer below them, um, then that was a good pick at that spot, right? And doing that, um, there are we can move through the draft very quickly and then see where we need to stop and, 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 and see what that looks like. Um, do you have any questions, comments, concerns? Uh, no. Slight concern that we're starting all the way back in 86. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm going to burn through pandemic, 86. So I'm, so I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> no, I'm going to burn through this. Uh, the first, uh, so, uh, uh, okay, this is the first nine years of, of Walsh's uh, drafting. And I'm going to call this building a contender. That's the building the contender phase. Um, and it, it really is pretty unassailable based on the, you know, the notion if there's not a franchise chainer or an all-star below the pick, then it was a solid pick. Uh, in 86, he picks Chuck Person. Uh, 87, Reggie Miller. Uh, famously took a lot of flack for that, but that ended up being clearly the, you know, the bravest and, and also best probably draft pick we've ever had. Uh, 88, Rick Smits. 89, George McLeod. I want to revisit that. 90, um, Antonio Davis in the second round with a 45th pick. Uh, Dale Davis in 91, Malik Seeley in 92. Um, although he didn't have, uh, didn't play very long with us. He had a solid career. Um, and we traded him for, uh, Mark Jackson a couple years later. So that kind of worked out for us. And there wasn't a ton of talent after him. So I'm counting that as a solid pick. Um, Scott Haskins in 93. Uh, that was a terrible draft. There's not a ton of talent after him. Uh, but Sam Cassell was available, and I want to revisit that pick. And then in 94, we drafted Piakowski, uh, who we traded along with Malik Seeley for Mark Jackson, so that was a good pick. Um, <clears throat> so that was pretty easy, right? We didn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, real briefly, um, the Scott Haston's pick. Um, there was an article in the Indy Star about the worst drafts of all time and <laughs> Scott Haskins this is going is number one uh, is that for the Pacers or for er- for the Pacers for, for the Pacers okay. Um, okay and so this is in in uh, 93 uh, the Pacers fans knew right away and weren't shy of voicing their displeasure chanting Walsh must go after the pick was announced and that was at the team's official draft party. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bill Benner uh, reported from the Indy Star at the time, departing from tradition and maintaining a low profile in an undisclosed MSA bunker, the Pacers president instead designated Mark Boyle, the team's radio voice, to be the public bearer of decidedly unpopular tidings. And Mark Boyle described it as being uh, akin to being appointed... Saddam Hussein's spokesman to a group at the American Legion. 
Wow. <laughs> so apparently the fans weren't that happy with that one. It's very descriptive. Yeah. So anyway, not a great pick. And Sam Cassell, I think you remember, has a couple titles and uh, would have been real nice. Uh, he was instrumental in those, you know, just a couple years later in those 94-95 uh, uh, Houston uh, championship teams. So that was a big whiff. But I think the bigger whiff uh, was 1989. And in this same article, um, George McLeod is the second worst draft pick uh, of all time for the Pacers. Um, we whiffed on Tim Hardaway and Sean Kemp. Hmm. Uh, and this is amazing to me because Sean Kemp freaking grew up in Elkhart, Indiana. I mm. don't know how he messed this up. Um, so the uh, the article goes on to say that uh, things got off to a rocky start for George McLeod as he was injured his rookie year, only played 413 minutes, uh, but was lost trying to be a point guard um, at 6'6". Uh, George came into a tough situation as point guard, and he wasn't ready for it, said Chuck Person. Uh, he didn't play much and lost his confidence. Years two and three weren't much better, and Pacers fans vented their frustrations often. He got booed every time I put him in, recalled former Indiana coach Bob Hill. So um, he averaged 5.5 points, two rebounds in four seasons. Uh, the Pacers let him walk. And he was out of the league for a while. Came back to Dallas and scored uh, 19 points a game for them. But uh, was not good for us. So, I think the real miss in that draft was Vladi Divac. You could eventually turn him into somebody good. Like, you know, Shaq <laughs> or something. A Kobe. <laughs> okay. So we take Vladi and trade him for Shaq. I like that. I think this is pretty easy, right? You just draft Sean Kemp. This is 1989. Um, your lineup is... Reggie Miller, Chuck Person, Rick Smiths. We don't have Dale Davis or Antonio Davis yet. Put him in a power forward. Um, he's he's got an amazing uh, career, especially early on with Seattle. Um, you know they're constantly in contention, um, going to the Western Conference Finals and eventually get to the finals uh, to play the Bulls. And part of that is with him. Um, am I am I overstating this to say that if we drafted Sean Kemp, that we might have gotten to the finals over? Uh, you know, in 94, 95. Sean Kemp was a hot mess, man. He's a hot mess, but he was real talented. He was real talented, but I mean, it's... Yeah, these are, these I mean, things are tough. But obviously, other teams in the NBA had issues with Kemp. I mean, he fell to 17th, right? Sure, I mean, he's a hot mess. I mean, I get that. We, we, we understand that he's a hot mess, but I'm just saying that his what he's producing on the court... Um, you know, okay, maybe he destroys the locker room. You know, they're, they're you know, you can't know those things, but mm-hmm. it feels like you know we were so close those two years in ninety four, ninety five. Just you know, just losing, you know, getting not making to the finals by just a game in both seasons. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. does uh, does his talent pushes over the edge in one of those two seasons after he's in the league for four years? You know, five years. I mean, if, if that's the argument, let's look at 89. We take Chuck Person, who I love, don't get me wrong, but below him are Vita Sabonis, Mark Price, Dennis Rodman, Jeff Hornacek. Like, those are some guys who would have been in the prime of their careers eight years later, and, you know. And Nate McMillan. You just, Nate? You just went right by I, him. I did. Wait, I, I whiffed oh, is this Is this 96, you said? No, this 80, is the 86. Sorry, the 86 draft, yeah. 86 draft, yeah. Yeah, no, I looked at. It. I, I, you're right. I mean, there are guys out there that had nice long careers, but Chuck Person was had a nice long career too, and he wasn't bad. Like, I, you're right. Those are guys that make a difference. But, I mean, I mean, like, those are some of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 One thing that I think is throwing shade on is uh, at least, I, and I don't know all the years on this, but. Uh, Dennis Rodman uh, in the eighties, it looks like uh, there were seven rounds of the draft oh, yeah. until eighty-eight, uh, which is is that's too many. That's too. And that's with no D League or G League, E League. I don't whatever. Uh, <laughs> there's no developmental league, uh, so everybody job, gets a prize. Every college right. player got drafted. Right. Well, so right, exactly. So this is uh, yeah. You just basically drafted your friends and your buddies' kids, right? <laughs> At that point, 
And they're friends. Yeah. And, and like, friends, you friends. know, alumni yeah, from the college you went to, and they all made a million bucks, and then they, well, not not much. They been, yeah, they didn't pay that much back then. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to dwell on McLeod too much, but I mean, he was a solid college player. You know, sure. Four years at Florida State. His last year played a bunch and scored. And, and Kemp was kind of a known head case. and four assists. I mean, it sounds like the problem was he got put into a bad situation. Um, and if the Which Pacers we could blame. were looking for a point guard, I mean, that's where your Tim Hardaway argument, maybe. Right. Or right. even Pooh Richardson was, like, a, a little bit above him. Well, but Pooh Richardson, Richardson's on our team, isn't he, at that point? I don't know. He was drafted by Orlando. Oh, okay. We pick him up year. at some point. So. Okay. I mean, I know he was a pacer, that's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Poo! Um, okay, so let's say we get Tim Hardaway, then then you don't have to worry about uh, point guards for the next five, six years. Or well, how long did he play? 20 years? <laughs> Tim Hardaway played a long time. Yeah, he did. He actually, was a, he actually ended up being a pacer at one point. Came back and played for us, so shout out Tim Hardaway. Um, okay. So that's that's blowing through the first nine years. Um, you guys don't agree that we that that Sean Kemp would have helped us. He was too crazy. I mean, he might have helped us for a year, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, then are you more are you more mad about this uh, the uh, Sam Cassell uh, in, uh, over Scott Haskins thing? Should I we might have, have taken should... Nick Van Exel out of those two? Sure. I do love some Nick Van Exel too. I'm not mad about any of it. I mean, okay, <laughs> it's, a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty solid stretch. Like honestly, like, like yeah, like I, bordering I mean, on like, pre-consciousness for me. Like yeah, and we also George just McLeod was like a professional basketball player. He like, yeah, oh played for sure, twelve years in the league. Like he's yeah. a a player. I mean, Haskin, you you just can't have mistakes, especially in the um, in Indiana where you're not going to recruit free agents, where you draft dudes at the edge of the lottery and they play one year in the NBA. Like, that's just not... I mean, I guess nowadays that never happens because you sign them to a four-year deal, but yeah, that's just atrocious, right? Yeah, no, it's the 14th pick, and he just uh, yeah disappears. So, plays 27 games. <laughs> it's no good. Yeah. So that was that was probably the biggest whip then. Uh, fair enough. Uh, but in general, uh, just a really nice run by by uh, Walsh there. Um, and then we go to the but next. Before we move on, though, I just want to note: shout out to Scott Haskin. He actually played more NBA games than 18th pick that year, Luther Wright, who played a grand total of 15 games in the NBA. Mm. Yeah. 26 pick, Gert Hamink. <laughs> <laughs> Got just eight boy. games under his belt in three years. Three years, though, yeah. Well. <laughs> What's he doing, playing like two games a year? Just like... He was back in Norway or something. <laughs> 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 Hockey injuries right. kept him out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so the next ten drafts I call um, managing... A contender versus extending the window. Okay. So okay. <clears throat> we've now built a, a team that has gone to the Eastern Conference Finals in '94, right? Um, in '95, we draft Travis Best. Solid pick. You kind of look at that year. You go. I mean, he would draft him like 25th. Um, late, nice late round pickup. The guy. Um, won playoff games for us by taking Jordan off the dribble. He hit that, you know, that game winner in Game Five against Milwaukee that was able to eventually get us to the finals. Like that guy's a warrior for us. Like he's great, and there's not a ton of talent after him. So I'm giving that one a thumbs up. Freddie Hoiberg. We also got Felix him. Hurt. Yeah. Oh, well, no, we got him in the second round, <laughs> so he's fine. He didn't do much for us. He got some minutes, but. You've got your uh, your Greg Ostertag. Uh, he hung around. Sure. Do you want Greg Ostertag on your team instead of Travis Best? No. See, that's what I'm saying. 
1996, though. This is this is a big year. We get to Eric Dampier with the number ten pick. Solid college career, nice four-year player. Um, I guess we were looking for a long-term center post Smiths. I guess Smiths had some knee and leg feet problems, um, but we draft Dampier over uh, Kobe Bryant at thirteen and Steve Nash at fifteen. Peja. Sure. Uh, but we got two first ballot Hall of Famers and um, multiple time MVPs um, that we just missed by a couple picks. Um, and I I think it's I don't think it's hyperbole to say that if we take one of those guys, um, we probably win a championship. Um, I think these this is probably the biggest whiff of um, the franchise in franchise history, probably. Now, at the time, we didn't know much about Steve Nash. He played in Canada or whatever, and we also didn't know much about drafting high school kids. Um, and this I was think he you played know, at Santa Clara. He did play right. at Santa Clara. You're right, but he came from Canada. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we could we could watch a Santa Clara game. You're right. <laughs> uh, but Kobe's coming out of high school, um, and um, there wasn't a ton of film on him I guess so understandable that we might not want to take the risk um, my only argument here is that the next year um, after drafting um, Dampier our lineup is Mark Jackson, Reggie Miller Derek McKee, Dale Davis, Rick Smith as our starting lineup Travis Best, uh, Jalen Rose Dwayne Farrell and Antonio Davis, backup shooting guard, Vincent Askew. I like Vincent Askew, um, but I feel like Kobe probably could have played those minutes. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Like, it's not like we had, like, a guy in that slot. And we're like, oh, we don't need a backup guard. We don't need that. We got Vincent Askew on lock. Um, and the year hmm. before, we'd had Eddie Johnson and Ricky Pierce as our backup guards. Like, like there was a need there, um, so we probably could have gone that route. And I suppose you could make the argument that we really liked best. Um, but um, in the 95-96 uh, offseason, we traded uh, 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 Mark Jackson for Jalen Rose. And it's not clear whether we wanted Rose to be a point guard, but if we didn't, which he didn't play for us until way later under Isaiah Thomas, then we're short at uh, point guard. So you could go ahead and draft a Nash, you know? So, like, it's it's weird that, like, we didn't, we weren't just drafting for fit. We really kind of whiffed both of these picks, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like this is one of the uh, instances where there was no plan, right? I mean, they made, the, they executed this huge trade um, where they get Jalen Rose, and it ends up being a coup for um, Donnie Walsh because he then gets Mark Jackson back later. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and keeps Jalen Rose. <laughs> like, right. So it all works out okay. But it seemed like there was not a good idea of what the plan was. Right. I mean, because we basically trade for Jalen Rose, and if I remember right, he played a little bit, and then we got a new coach, and the uh, Larry Brown just stuck him on the. Bench or did, was Larry well, no, Brown? Okay, our coach so Larry Brown was our coach. Um, okay. We we trade for Jalen Rose. Mark Jackson was Larry Brown's guy. In fact, he had he had asked um, Walsh to to bring him in um, earlier um, in Brown's coaching career. We trade uh, Mark Jackson for Rose. Get Rose. Uh, Travis Best is our starting point guard. Uh, the team starts out like one in ten or something. Like it's an absolute disaster. Um, and we freak out and retrade for Mark Jackson. Uh, we do it for extra pieces. Like we don't really give anything up. We like trade Dwayne Farrell or something like that. Like it's it ends up being um, a really coup. You're right. We get Rose and and keep Mark Jackson essentially. Um, but you're right. It looked like we were like ah we're gonna trade. We really like this Rose kid. We want to get this Rose kid. We'll trade Mark Jackson. And in the process, we realized that we couldn't. Our team was terrible without him. So if you knew your plan was to go in to trade your starting point guard for Jalen Rose, then maybe you could have drafted a guy like Nash to be around. 
Yeah, uh, or they really, really <laughs> believed in Travis Best, right? Yeah, and yeah, obviously they believed in Travis yeah. Best. Clearly. The real head scratcher for me in that draft is Jermaine O'Neal going at seventeen. I mean, obviously he was a guy that we ended up liking a lot, and it's not like he showed a lot in Portland while he was there. <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah, our scouts were probably already on that. Could have, yeah. you know. Maybe brought him along quicker if we'd have just taken him when we had the chance the first time around instead of Eric Dampier. But right, this yeah. is a pretty solid draft overall. Yeah, Big Z goes at twenty. Yeah, I mean it's Iverson number one, can be Abdur Rahim who was a behemoth for a while, mm-hmm. uh, Starberry, Ray Allen, Antoine Walker. Yeah, those are like I mean these are, and then Kobe, Peja, Nash. Kerry Kittles had a very good career. Jermaine, like, yeah, it's wild. And everybody loves to say Vitaly Potapenko. Yeah. Derek Fisher's in this draft. I like saying Priest Lauderdale. <laughs> they say that it sounds like it came from a name generator, but whatever. <laughs> How do we know it didn't? <laughs> um, so, um, I, I, I like the idea that since you know um when you look at the roster it's not a stretch to say and again kobe's only you know three picks after dampier it's not like he was way out of, way out of this range and nobody could have thought of drafting this guy at this place you know um that if we pick kobe um he has a couple years uh, where he's playing off the bench i believe as his career goes um and then he starts at shooting guard i think his third season um, in his fourth season, he's playing uh, in the finals uh, against the Indiana Pacers. Um, mm-hmm. And he um, has an amazing, I believe it's game four in overtime, um, where he, after Shaq has fouled out, and he basically single-handedly uh, beats us in that overtime, which uh, shifts uh, the momentum of the series and ultimately wins them the title. And so my argument would be, that if we draft Kobe and only keep him through his rookie contract and he's not on the Lakers, then there's a chance that we basically win the title. Am I, am I, am I totally out of my mind to suggest that? No, not at all. I mean, of no. course, if we... I mean, so the thing about Kobe is that Kobe was going to become Kobe regardless of situation, I think. There was very few NBA situations where a guy of his talent and his determination... is too driven wasn't going to end up becoming a Hall of Famer, right? Right. Other guys, you can make the argument that, like, you know, yes, they're in, it's just the right place, right time. For instance, Nash, right? Nash didn't really become Nash until uh, D'Antoni Dallas. came along. Well, yeah, I mean, said, he, he had a nice uh, run with Dallas. and I mean, he, he was fine. Yeah. But I, don't, I think he wasn't if an he MVP. Can, yeah, yes. he wasn't an MVP. He wasn't going to be a Hall of Famer until, right. you know, D'Antoni unlocked Steve Correct. Nash, right? Correct. Um, so I think that, that that's a little bit of a different argument. It's not like we. It's not like you could draft Steve Nash and all of a sudden we're like we'd never need to trade for Mark Jackson. It could have been very well been that you know Steve Nash wins the starting job over Travis Best, but then we still start one in ten because we have a rookie point guard or something like that. <laughs> right. And so then we panic and trade for Mark for Mark Jackson, Jackson again. Right. right. <laughs> so, and, and 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 also you could argue that um, if Nash is on your team, he's he doesn't break down players the same way, you know. Nash had a different, way different game than Best, and maybe, you know, maybe we don't get the wins that we had in the playoffs uh, with Nash as our backup point guard versus Best. You know, as much as Best was a ball stopper in certain ways, um, some some of that was working at the time for us. Um, maybe Nash helps us in other ways, um, better ball movement or better shooting. But you know what I'm saying? It's it's an interesting kind of if he yeah. just gets those backup point guard minutes. You're right. We're not if we're drafting Nash, we're not getting um, D'Antoni Nash because D'Antoni unlocked that, right? So we're just getting a competent backup point guard. Um, so maybe that doesn't change the uh, trajectory of this as much as I think that Kobe does. Yeah, and I mean, uh, with hindsight being twenty twenty, obviously, if we would have drafted Kobe, we would have won minimum one title, if not more. If we can keep him around. No, if not, uh, yeah, we would have won the 2000 title because yep. 
he would not have been on the Lakers. Uh, yeah. But we would have then lost him in 2001 because uh, he would ha- hold a press conference a la Paul George and say, you know, my my heart's not really in it. I really want to be in L.A. Taking my talents to Venice Beach. Exactly. Sure, yeah. but but he just won a title. That would have been the first time ever. I know that uh, you know Kawhi Leonard's done it now, but it would have been the first time that anybody's won a title and walked away, right? Yeah, Maybe. Kobe was capable of that. That's true. Um, also, I think he almost walked away from L.A. after he won that title. <laughs> also, I think that we win the uh, 98-99 title um, if we've got Kobe as our starting small forward. Well, we win the 98-99 title if uh, that referee doesn't yeah. give Larry Johnson like four, four extra seconds play. to hit a three-pointer. Yeah, yeah. the four-point play, for sure. Um, but I'm wondering if we're just we're, we don't uh, you know we're just ahead of that and we don't the game's not so close that the rest can steal it from us in that one. Maybe. Let's say t- let's say if we draft Kobe, we get two titles and then he leaves after his rookie contract. I'm okay with that. Okay, <laughs> that's that's fair. I think, okay. I think that's that's fair. Uh, okay, so we've now uh, we've left. Two, maybe three titles, depending on... Well, no, we decided we didn't like Sean Kemp that much. But um, 97, we draft Crozier at 12, which is fine. There's not a ton of guys that are like way better than him after him. Um, and he won us some playoff games. You remember he you know, he, he helped us sway... Um, you know, uh, Won that Lakers. Uh, made that Lakers series. Uh, interesting. He made a Detroit series interesting later. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, and he had a nice long career with us. He was a uh, you know radio announcer. We've met him. He's really nice. His legs are really long, um, so that's fine. Um, Below him though was uh, uh, was Jacques Vaughn, who would have been uh-huh. coach uh, on the floor. Yeah, yeah, he's a floor <laughs> floor general. He's a he's a coaching genius. In '98. Pacers draft uh, Al Harrington with the 25th pick. 25th pick. This is an absolute steal. Uh, one of the greatest Pacers of all time. I think we can all agree. No reason to look into that one. No problem. <laughs> um, here we go, though. Uh, 1999. Jonathan Bender. At five. At freaking five. Okay? So... Um, the, the way we got here is the Pacers traded Antonio Davis for this pick to, to the Toronto Raptors. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my first argument would be, okay, don't trade Antonio Davis. I think um, even Larry Bird talked about it um, after the finals that we really missed Antonio Davis uh, in that final stretch. We needed him against Shaq. Um we need him in the locker room. He was a good dude. So my first thing would be don't trade Antonio Davis. Don't have the fifth pick. No worries. However, uh, if I recall, Antonio Davis kind of asked for this. He, he asked to be traded is my re- remembrance of this. Um, he's like, look, I'm not getting the minutes. I'm not getting the money. Um, I want to I go be a, a starter because he was just never going to be a starter ahead of Dale Davis and, and Rick Smits. Um, and so... You trade AD to, to um, Toronto for the fifth pick. Your other options that are right behind this here are Rip Hamilton, uh, Andre Miller. But I think what I would do in, in retrospect is is, is draft uh, Sean uh, Marion. Do you guys have thoughts? Uh, Meta world Sean piece Marion's also good. out there. Yeah, uh, our test is still out there. That's right. And AK forty seven. Oh boy! Oh man! Did I love? I loved AK forty seven. I, I definitely would have been the guy who took him. It would have been terrible, but I definitely would have drafted him. Oh, he had such terrible high. haircuts, um, and <laughs> but he did. He did similar stuff to to Sean Marion in the sense that like he blocked shots, he stole the ball, he played defense, he could also score in weird ways. Um, yeah, I think Marion's I mean, a more polished AK forty seven. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, he's the matrix. I would have been swayed by my allegiances and um, uh, traded up for James Posey, uh, saving mm. kid. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, like, okay, so the Bender thing. The Bender is a classic. Uh, he was made of glass, you know. Yep. 
but when he w- when he practiced, boy, <laughs> you, I mean, you would hear these, you know, rumors come out of uh, the media about when this guy practices. Like he's just he's got all the tools. He's everything. He's uh, can shoot. He can pass. He can all of the stuff. And he's seven oh. foot. And he's like all. So I mean. If you're going to take a... a, If you're going to trade a guy like AD, you're going to want to do it for a a lottery ticket, right? Swing for the fences. We had everything else on that roster. We did... Obviously, we went to the finals the next year. Like, it's not like we needed a piece or anything. So, why not go for... Go for broke. lottery ticket... Yeah, but and so the thing is that there were th- there were multiple lottery tickets in that draft, right? So Sean Marion and um, uh, uh, Kirilenko, yeah, basically are the best ones that are also these like weird, super long, gangly, but can do eight different things kind of guys, right? I don't remember the context. Was it that we? Uh, had our eye like we just traded as high as we could to pick whoever we could or well, no okay so or I had think... they drafted jonathan bender and we chose to trade for him no 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 so we okay, um we it was a situation where uh, you know we're, we're we're trading ad we shop around for the highest draft pick we can get who who's interested in ad okay. and that ends up trying so we drafted bender um Donnie Walsh said, I mean, even, you know, a few years ago that that's the most talented player he's ever drafted and he would do it again. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he just, he yep. wouldn't, he didn't even think about it. Like the, 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 I mean, you know, he was Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant. I mean, he was the next greatest thing. He could do he everything. Devin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> Durant, yeah. He, yeah. Durant had some pretty gruesome injuries too. So maybe, yeah, they got a lot in common. And I mean, of the other dudes that are like in the lottery, below him that year. Besides Marion, none of them are potential lottery tickets like that. You know, like I mean, solid players in Richard Hamilton, Andre Miller, Jason Terry, who collectively played like forty-five seasons in the NBA or something like that. So right. Maybe you could have gone for one of them, but yeah. Yeah. It's a strange draft in that the arguably the best player in the draft goes 57 and Manu Ginobili. Manu. Mm. I found out one of his uh, one of his nicknames is Manu Dana. I like that one. Yeah, that's good. Also, Argentina's flying man. <laughs> yeah, he, you're right. Sad. He's definitely the best player out of this draft, right? Manu? I, I, I mean, he had career. the most successful career. I mean, you know, Stevie Franchise <laughs> did some amazing stuff along the way. Sure. Um, but, you know, as far as, yeah, yeah, most successful career for sure, it's Manu. And silver lining for this draft for Donnie Walsh is he acquires Jeff Foster. Mm-hmm. He does. Picks up Jeff Foster, uh, and that's huge. Jeff Foster played his entire career with us and, and is in uh, Colson Top 25. So, I mean, that worked out. Yeah. Not a good tipper. Not a, Not good, a tipper. good tipper, but still, <laughs> that he's still good enough to be on my Top 25. That's how good at basketball he is. That That's right. As a bad tipper, he's still in the Colson Top 25. Wow. Um, so, I, I guess that wasn't as, as dramatic as the 96. We kind of understand why we made the pick. If he's the, you know, if he's the swing for the fences guy... Uh, Bender is, um, and if he's you know by far the most talented guy or the most guy with the most potential that Walsh has ever drafted, like you could see why it happens. Um, I would have liked some matrix on my team for you sure. know four to twelve years. I mean, we could have kept Manu. I mean, Manu's yeah. probably worth a title at some point, right? For sure, for sure. Um, do you? But do you think we would ever? I mean, he went all the way. Um, what to the end of the was it fifty seven or something like that? Second from last. Yeah. So um I don't think our scouting staff had had uh, checked him out, apparently. Well, Most I mean, teams hadn't. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is before Bird was flying to uh, Europe every summer to but, watch the guys. Yeah, I, I thought the point of this was 2020 hindsight. Oh, it is, for sure. So, you, uh, uh, you, so Manu as our... Um, yeah, back I mean, cause up he everything, just, your Swiss back Army knife. Yeah, because he just does that, right? Um, it's big he shots. never he never really started for the Spurs all those years. Um, he could just back up Reggie and Rose. Yeah, you don't really even. I mean, you could almost have him play point guard because we start having point guard problems real soon after this as a franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not as your starting point guard, but he could be a ball handler off the bench. And we never found a solid ball handler off the bench. Um, ever. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. Let's take Manu and win a title. Yeah. So I think this is interesting. In Manu's one, two, three, four, five, six. His final seven years, he started ten games. Yeah. You know, when you put him in that second unit, you kind of allow him to create and do whatever he wants. Like he doesn't have to be a part of, you know, sort of the the first unit structure. And, um, you know, maybe the Pacers would have put him in the starting lineup and screwed that up. But I think he thrived in it, kind of allowing him to do what he wanted to do. Yeah, terrible team player. <laughs> no, I don't mean screw <laughs> You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Excellent point. <laughs> um, all right, so we can agree that we should have taken Manu or Sean Marion. If we'd taken uh, Rip Hamilton, he would have never been on Detroit and we could have beat Detroit um, later. I'd have taken just, that, too. Yeah, just just like a keep away. Um, in 2000, we draft uh, Brejitz at the 27th pick. Sure, I don't care. Terrible um, draft. Yeah, it was just a terrible draft. Um, Michael and we had Red, the 27th pick. Maybe. Sure. Or, yeah. I guess. I'm going up and down. Up and down the... I, I don't know who... I don't remember almost any of these players. They're, most of them weren't in the league very long. Mike Miller was, I mean, he's around forever. Uh, Jamal Crawford, is, of course, was. Sure. Uh, uh, but but outside of that, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't recognize most of these names. Pass. So nobody's mad trade at that, the Trade that track. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For something in another year. Yes. Uh, 2001, trade we that draft. Trade time machine so you can get Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in 2001, we draft Jamal Tinsley, who is the uh, point guard of the future, um, at 27. Um, the only problem is that Tony Parker uh, went number 28. Um, I just want to remind Pacer Nation that the uh, Pacer team eventually play, paid Jamal Tinsley to stay at home. We paid him lots of money to not come into work. And Tony Parker won, was it four titles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a miss. We also <laughs> traded away <laughs> a first round draft pick. Yeah. To get Jamal Tinsley. Exactly. Yeah, we had to trade for him. So that was solid. Uh, good news though, I think what was huge for this draft was that we did not uh, select the uh, available Gilbert Arenas. So, well done. <laughs> Of the two dumpster fires, we could have. <laughs> I think you win more games with Agent Zero. I hate to say yeah. it. Less poop in your shoes, though. <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's tough call. Uh, Harpo, you, you, you will call that you and I were living together in New Orleans uh, this season, uh, Tinsley's rookie season, and uh, we were listening to the games via dial-up. Uh, when that worked, we sure When were. that worked, which sometimes happened. And we were just enthralled by Tinsley. We were like, we really do have the point guard of the future. Um, he actually had, is it the the most assists by a rookie um, in NBA history mm-hmm. at one point? Or maybe it was like the second or something like that. But it was a big, big number. We were like, oh, my God, this guy's great. Um, we had no idea at that moment when we were, th- you know, being thrilled about this, that he would eventually be running around with a broom and chasing around Detroit fans in a in a brawl. <laughs> yeah, I mean his rookie year, he was nine points, eight assists. Like, he was solid. Uh, you know, Colson, uh, 
a few years after that, um, I can't remember when it was, 03, 04, 04, 05, something like that. It must No, it must have been after the brawl um, when we were just depleted. But we got Tinsley and O'Neal back. Mm-hmm. And we called them... We, we were really into playing poker at the time. And in poker, the saying goes, if you have a chip in a chair, you got a chance. You got a chance. Win. That's right. And so uh, we referred to Tinsley and J.O. as our chip in our chair. Like, we were That's like, right. if we got those two dudes, we can do it. Like, we can win a basketball game. Tinsley was I mean, really good. Yep. For a while. I mean, he didn't love being in shape. He really liked a lot he of really fast food. He being in shape. Loved fast food. Um, yeah. But I, I, there were there was a real great stretch for him. Uh, you know, he's on my list of, of players that can't go on the top 25 um, because of how he basically actively tried to rip apart the locker room eventually. And like mm-hmm. I said, uh, we paid him to stay home. Uh, but he played a lot of years for us. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons, uh, you know, as our starting point guard before we um, tell him to leave. So, If we'd have just had Kobe there to uh, help him with his work ethic. Yeah, yeah. Well, if Kobe was around, he would have done that. Um, That's also, right. yeah. do, you, do you feel like if uh, Tony Parker is um, our starting point guard, um, that we actually have a better chance at a title. Um, you've got to remember that we're really close in 04. Um, we're, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. If Tony Parker's our, our point guard, do, do we win a title that year? Or at least do we get to the finals? Or is that too much to ask? for a Young, young Tony Parker actually did win the finals with San Antonio. So maybe it's not too much to ask. Yeah, I don't know. Tony Parker's... I don't know. Is Tony Parker Tony Parker without Pop? And I mean, Duncan. Yeah. yeah. And Manu. Is, I mean, he's still very good. I mean, he's playing professional ball when he was like 17 or something. Right. Yeah. Um, he. We just know that he's not as... Uh, he's He's in better shape and... Um, Definitely better locker room, bro. Yeah, he's not shooting up strip clubs as far as we know. I mean, like... So those things might have gone better, especially as we were in desperate uh, attempt to sort of uh, change the culture of the franchise. Yeah, and there's no I mean, question that we'd have rather had Tony Parker than Jamal Tinsley. Yeah, like, totally. Overall, yes. Whether or not the 4 season goes different, I don't know. Because I would like to go back, actually, and watch the uh, that Eastern Conference Finals against the Detroit Pistons. Pistons. Because... If I recall correctly, we were basically super injured that year as well. Um, so didn't J.O. Like bend his knee like the wrong direction in the middle of that series? Yeah, and, then- and, and Carlisle had to, did some brilliant coaching. And, like, um, this is, again, getting back to Austin Crozier. Because uh, like, Detroit's defense that year was the greatest defense that's ever been put on an NBA basketball court. Right. I mean, they went through like a stretch where they held teams under 80 points a game, 80 for like 25 consecutive games or something like that. Some insane number like that. I'm, I may be exaggerating, but I may also be underestimating. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know that Tony Parker even allows like if we had crappy injury luck again. And I mean, that Detroit team was just a behemoth. Right. Yep. Fair enough. That being said, we had them the next year. Oh, we yeah. We psychologically had them beat. We were the best team uh, nine games through the season. <laughs> yeah. um, so in 2002, we draft Fred Jones at 14, which whatever is fine. He won the dunk contest. However, <laughs> this is going to be my what if. Uh, Tayshaun Prince is out there. Mm. If we take Tayshaun Prince... Tayshaun Prince is unavailable on the Detroit Pistons, who won the title in 2004. Also, if he's on also our team... He doesn't block that shot. He doesn't block Reggie, Reggie Miller's, Miller's layup, which would have got us to the finals. Yeah. yeah. So my argument is, 
Fred Jones, fine, whatever. I will always love Fred Jones. In fact, he's on uh, my top 25 Pacers of all time because of the way he handled the post-brawl, the way he took on the, the mantle of leadership on that team. But if I have no Fred Jones, I have a taste on Prince who doesn't block Reggie's shot, and I get to the finals, maybe I don't. Maybe the brawl doesn't happen, you know? I mean, that, that's the kind of world we're living in right now, man. It's getting deep. <laughs> I think I just blew my own mind. But now we got, like... Rip Hamilton and Ante Champer. Now I got two Pistons on my team. You don't have to think Rip Hamilton. I don't even know you, if I root for this team anymore. No, no, no. You took Manu instead of Rip. And then we took, we what took about Tayshaun. Uh, what about a young Louise? Hola. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. He was out there. Six again by the Spurs. Um, I remember I really wanted Kareem Rush that year for some reason. Mm. Well, he ends up on why. your Pacers, so don't worry about it. I know, but it, yeah. I wanted him that rookie year. Oh, I thought Karan Butler was the next coming. So, <laughs> mm. <laughs> who did we who did we trade uh, for Luis Scola? That was a good deal, right? It was a good deal. Bird was decent. Okay, look, we're gonna go through. Uh, we're get. We're just starting uh, Bird's uh, draft record at this point, um, and it's gonna get pretty rough. But I want to say that his trading record was pretty good. We traded Gerald Green Plumley for Scola. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And a first Check round pick. And oh, Check. Ooh. which okay, became Bogdan great. Bogdanovich. Okay, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, Gerald Green was a net negative. Uh, that's true, if I remember. Yeah. That's true. And Miles Plumley wasn't. He was a high draft much. pick that we were begging someone to take off our hands for. <laughs> So after that, uh, Larry Bird uh, takes over as the president of operations, GM. His first draft, we get James Jones in 03. Fine. Whatever. It's a bum draft. Uh, In 04. James' best friend. (laughs) It's it's not a bum draft. 03 is a good draft, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we missed on Kyle like Korver. I probably would have taken Korver over Jones. Uh, but we didn't have a lot of options outside of Kyle Korver, though, right? It's fine. James no, Jones was the 49th pick. I mean, yeah, we yeah. didn't have a first-round draft pick that year. So. Yeah, yeah. So James Jones is fine. Um, 04, uh, we draft David Harrison, um, who uh, at 29. So it's a late pick. You know, these things are just kind of gambles. Um, and... Uh, kind of a whiff for us, but here's the thing. The next selection on the board uh, was Anderson Verajao, who was a better locker room guy, had a longer career, and um, probably is a better option. He, play, he plays the same position. <laughs> so so that, I think, could be considered a whiff. Same guy, but successful? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Gotcha. Uh, um, so... Harrison started uh, 33 games over the course of his first two seasons, but was an afterthought under new head coach Jim O'Brien. Uh, Harrison was out of the league by 2008 and may- lays much of the blame for his flameout on Jim O'Brien. I literally had to smoke pot every day so I would not hurt him, Harrison told Yahoo Sports. <laughs> Trevor Reza also fell to 43 in that draft. I'd take Trevor Reza. Over David Harrison, really? Yeah. Although, <laughs> go out on a limb, why don't you? <laughs> Bold. Um, so, um, I that's the end of that category. Uh, my next eight drafts, I've categorized as emerging from the brawl because if you'll remember that in 2004, 2005, um, we had Jamal Tinsley running around with dustpans. We had Ronner Test <laughs> running into the stands. Um, J.O. almost killed Turtle Exactly, <laughs> slipped on ice and didn't kill Turtle um, I think David Harrison was was suspended for like 25 games Like everything was awful Rick um, Carlisle gave the greatest press conference in the history of mankind Reggie yeah. Miller announced his retirement mid-season after the brawl Like this was, this was basically this next stretch of drafting uh, Which is all bird all the time is going to come in from uh, a post-brawl uh, era. And that will happen on the next exciting episode of The Undebeatables. Look yourself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs>
How do we feel? Like, so yeah, we're, we're, we're end of part one. We'll be back with you next, uh, next show. But how, how do we, f- how, how do we feel right now about ourselves? Are like, are we okay looking ourselves in the mirror right now? Or are we, uh, so I thought when I was coming into this, that I was going to talk you guys into that. We'd, uh, we'd missed out on potentially three titles or what's your over under on that based on what we've gone through. Do you agree with me or disagree? I thought we got to three, two from Kobe, one from Manu. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, you you're okay, you're comfortable with that. Sure. Okay. We were knocking on the door without those guys. So. Yeah. 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 All right. So we whiffed on uh, on three titles, maybe four if we had Tayshawn Prince to not block Reggie's shot. Right. That might be right. baked in. I don't know. Yeah, and that might have been Manu's title anyway, but yeah. still. Yeah. All right. Three. And Let's and take half. three. So. Three, three and a half right now. That's, is our the, that's where the over-under is. I like yeah. it. All right. So where are we in comparison to other teams? Do you think we're uh, – you think we've missed out more or do you think we drafted better than everyone else? Or, you know, where are we falling that, in that yeah, that's line? That's a good question, really. I mean, I think that the, the general uh, sense that I have is that Walsh was quite good yeah. when he was at the helm of drafting. Like, even the, the – whiffs that he had some were atrocious right but i think every gm has an atrocious whiff or two on their resume his ceiling might not be super high but i mean yeah pretty middle drafted a hall of famer so yeah no i i I really do feel like he just he hits a lot of doubles you know Um, yes and and that's there are very few consistent franchises out there that do what we've done i mean uh, this is i don't know if i said this at the top of the show if i did i'll cut it out um and just say it one time but uh since 1989 the pacers are more likely to go to the eastern conference finals than miss the playoffs we've been to the eastern conference playoffs eight times we've only missed the playoffs six since 1989 um that's an incredible that says a lot uh, about our drafting um and our leadership so okay I mean, yeah, drafting's uh, drafting's hard. We've seen plenty of franchises, you know, repeatedly miss, you know, uh, and we we uh, point and laugh, but uh, you know, I think we've seen a lot of franchises do well overall. Uh, like, you know, one thing I think we saw was like if the Spurs picked them, we should, and we had a chance, we probably should have done. That, that was a mistake, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, a lot of teams that we we you know. If you if they're doing it, you know that's probably not a good idea. So, I mean, thank God I Charlotte exists, well. right? I mean, they draft <laughs> they they drafted Frank Kaminsky, so we didn't have to stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did a pretty good job. I think we're above average. I'm happy with their progress so far. But uh, come on, Tinsley, that was that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> he was your starting point guard for seven years, Joe. Well, Tony Parker won titles. That's right. Already <laughs> two titles under his belt, I think, at the two. end of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back with you uh, later this week uh, with the exciting conclusion of. Uh, what, what did you give this a name? How do we, we do? Oh, I think uh, Jason called it like uh, the Pacers look in the mirror. Okay. Uh, dot dot mirror. com. I don't know. Dot com. Um, I was, was going to say uh, re revisit, redraft the Pacers um, over under six and a half titles. Catchy. <laughs> dot, dot, dot com. Dot com. We'll workshop that. Oh, I will say this. Uh, if you, you know, this is just not getting put out today. So if, if you, anybody you want to buy this before this gets posted, look yourself in the mirror.com is available. <laughs> <laughs> Coles is going to buy it. I'm this. really excited, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back with you later this week with, uh, with the uh, exciting conclusion. But until then, you can hit us up on social media. We're available on all the good ones. Uh, social media's greatest hits, I'd say. Uh, we are on Facebook.com uh, slash The Indebeatables. We're on Twitter. 
you hit us up there. Or you could send us an email, shout out at theunbeatables.com. Our website has uh, got a contact form. You can send us a message that way. And also on our website, we've got t-shirts for sale. It's medium only. For our once and always coach, Bobby Sick Leonard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights, the party's over. Was that I'm the? Just, uh, I'm just glad you didn't go back and um, revisit the the slick Leonard draft picks. Right, would have been a while. It's, it's, it just you know tarnishes legacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get him on our pod. Hey, why not? As long as you don't have to leave the house. He's in for whatever, I think. That sounded He's down a clown a bit. <laughs> dirtier than I wanted it to. <laughs> you were going for just mid range dirty on that one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> going for mid range dirty. Just land a little hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>